Hello. Welcome to Quadrivia, the podcast that takes you a step beyond trivia and into the minds of the people who craft it. I'm Jason with Liquid Courage Entertainment in the Chicagoland area. It's me, James Key, the trivia nerd from Louisville, <laughs> Kentucky. Never not entertaining. Uh, and I'm Jeff with RMT Trivia, also in Chicago. And welcome to the episode, everybody. Uh, we also have a fourth member to our podcast tonight, uh, our good friend, Brittany. Brittany, you want to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? Hold on. Let me intro her real quick because I've waited my entire professional life to oh. say this unironically. Yeah. It's Brittany, bitch. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> thank you, Jason. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm Brittany. I'm on Twitch as Ginny Pond, uh, and I host a show called Ginny's Cozy Quiz. And I'm a relatively new trivia host slash writer. You are, and we're so proud of you. It's like one of my baby birds grew grew wings and decided to fly because that's how birds work, right? They just grow the wings. <laughs> they sp- yeah, They're they nestlings, sprout. and then the wings yeah. just show up someday. It's like the wing fairy comes down from high on and grants them the gift of flight and fucking away from me whenever I'm talking <laughs> smack about I, their evolutionary cycles. I think that's when uh, three babies laugh or something that that happens. Yeah, when a bell rings. Well, every time a bell rings, uh, another episode of Wings hits syndication or something. <laughs> so, yeah, Brittany, tell us a little more about uh, your start in the trivia world. Like, as you alluded to earlier, you're you're relatively new in the space. Uh, I know you uh, personally and professionally, I think a little bit better than maybe our listeners do and possibly more than Jeff and James do. So brag on yourself for a hot minute. Oh, I'm great at that. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I, uh, I was in Quiz Bowl in high school and then kind of took years off of trivia because I didn't really know about pub trivia and then got involved in pub trivia and then found Jason's game online through Geek Bowl connections and then I haven't left so (laughs) um and then I eventually was like hey maybe I could possibly do this and then got help with setup and then started uh you know hosting so Jason Blake was foolish enough to let me come on his channel and guest one time, and I really enjoyed it. So, Oh, trust me, I've had worse <laughs> guests than you on my channel. Uh, speaking of which, James and Jeff, how have your weeks been? Oh, busy week, <laughs> busy week for me. Uh, my daughter, Elizabeth, just graduated eighth grade, so she's heading into high school. Oh, I feel so old on your behalf, but congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so uh, I got voluntold to do the end of year picture slideshow for the whole thing. Uh, Did you set it to Angel by Sarah McLachlan? Please say yes. No, no, I didn't. No, I had to like, they gave me. Was it that one song by Vitamin C? Please say no. Uh, No, no, uh, I did not use that one. However, we did use Count on Me by Bruno Mars, which, uh, you know, so that was one of them. Uh, we actually did open with uh, 10,000 Maniacs, These Are Days, so I think that was a, a good That's classic. way to, to That's begin. Classic. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the way my brain works is I'm now picturing Bruno Mars as 10,000 Maniacs. <laughs> did you sneak with Good the... Riddance? Did you sneak Green Day's <laughs> yes. Good Riddance in there? Uh, that, was, that was the ending song, and, and I had a little flourish on the picture at the end on the, the guitar chord, you know, where it would fade <laughs> to black and white and make everybody cry. That was my goal all along oh you give it a nice photo vignette at the end you bet my graduation song was uh end of the road by 
boys to men, I think. <laughs> Fine, I think, was The River by Garth Brooks, and I still don't understand why. Wait, no, it wasn't It wasn't End of the Road. It was uh, It's So Hard to Say Goodbye. And, you know, it just makes everyone cry. <laughs> oh, I thought it was going to be I'll Make Love to You. <laughs> Completely different energy on that. <laughs> A little bit. Motown Philly, the storybook <laughs> of our lives. Motown Philly going to give it to you? No, that's not the right song. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm seeing a bunch of mashups though in my head. I'm like, ooh, these these could work maybe. <laughs> I, uh, well, my high school uh, song uh, ended with uh, "It's the End of the World as We Know It," REM, and oh, I think it was I the okay oddly that. enough, it was like the first time I think I had ever heard the song. So it was like, wow, this is deep, you know. So <laughs> mid '90s, you know. <laughs> It's, it's not so much deep as an excuse for Michael Stipe to just recite the names of all the famous people he's heard of that have the initials LB. <laughs> Leonid Brezhnev, Leonard Bernstein, uh, Lester Banks, Lenny Bruce. Yeah, there are a lot of... I, never I noticed had no that idea. Until... Yeah, that's that's a whole thing in that song. The only the only thing that I remember is that uh, that it all drops out and then he goes Leonard Bernstein. That's the that's the, the best I remember part. a lot of the other names. The best part of the song. But yeah, as a fan of the man, I agree. Don't forget birthday party cheesecake, the best cheesecake. <laughs> <laughs> well, while everybody else may have had middling to great weeks or, or at least busy weeks, uh, I have had a wonderful start of the day today, and I'll tell you why. So. As many who have been on my streams recently, or I know I've talked about it, I think on the podcast, my family is now the proud owner of a brand new little puppy dog. And his name is Macaroni, and he's the best, uh, except for when he has to take his heartworm slash tick slash flea medication, which gives him, uh, let's see, what's the way to say it? Um, Runs. Yes. Violent. The Hershey excretions. Yes. So he, as a puppy, is currently still being housebroken, and he has a couple places that are his favorite to not go where he's supposed to. And one of those places is directly on top of one of our air vents. And oh, sweet merciful Jesus! Oh Let me tell you what. It's been it's been a little warmer. It's been a little warmer than it has been the last week or so. So we've had the air conditioning on and. You know, the air vents don't work very well if they're closed. So he uh, he dropped uh, dropped a uh, dropped a little dropped present a little care package for you. Yeah. So I spent uh, spent a lot of my morning today elbow deep in uh, in the vents, <laughs> trying to make sure that the living room didn't smell like dog shit. Oh, uh, Jeffy, you've got to get you've got to get those little like plastic like 90 degree angle covers to go over them that like my grandparents yes. used to have. Uh, yes, not so I much do. to redirect the air, but to undirect Redirect, yeah. everything else. Yeah. Cause if he, if he hits that, like, like a five spot in a goal, I'm, I'm going to be more proud than anything, <laughs> but be that mad. Yeah. The imagery I, I have off of the last 30 seconds of our lives is, is somehow the best and the worst at the same I, time. I will say though, he is excessively fluffy and amazingly cute and worth, the entire time I spent doing that with both of my sons laughing at me. Mm-hmm. It's totally worth it. Welcome <laughs> to the family, Macaroni. <laughs> Having seen your dog on stream, I can agree that he is adorably fluffy and cute. Yeah, he is super fluffy. It's great. He's a schnoodle. <laughs> trying to figure out what kind of German cookie that is, and I'm not quite getting it. 
So that would um, be that would be yeah, it's, it's a snickerdoodle without the without the cinnamon maybe. So that's just, just a sugar, sugar, sugar cookie. Yeah, just a sh- <laughs> yeah, it's a sugar cookie. <laughs> I love how we walked a country mile to land on sugar cookie off of that terrible segue. Uh, so as far as my week goes, um, pretty par for the course. We had some live shows. I actually did a uh, an annual fundraiser yesterday for a local uh, sports booster, and that went surprisingly really well because it was the first time I introduced them to the, the contactless system that we moved to uh, during quarantine and didn't have any real tech issues. Uh, I found out that um, there is use for the double option in Triv now and that use is to tell people to bribe me with $20 each and I will sell them doubles for use on this game <laughs> that has no prize and is supposed to raise funds for uh, the local sports organizations oh, wow. anyway. Um, people opened their wallets and we raised an extra several hundred dollars uh, just by telling people, hey, I'll give you extra points for money. That's super good to know because I'm, I, I still have been using paper or I should say for the larger scale events that I had planned that were canceled and then recanceled, I had still planned on using paper again. I didn't even think about using Triv now, but they have doubles and freebies, both of which I use in my, in my, like the, um, I used to use stickers. They could put a sticker mm-hmm. over the number of the question they want for free, but the stickers weren't free. They had to buy one from the, from the, you know, same thing, raise extra money. Yeah. So James, you were doing something similar as well with your fundraisers, right? I feel like that's come up in conversation yes, before. Um, they would have, uh, let's say if there were 10 rounds of questions, they would get 10 stickers. They were only allowed to use one per round. Now, I don't know if that would work with the TrivNow system necessarily, but you know what? I mean, hell, just sell them. Let them use them the way they want, you know? Yeah. Uh, if it's going to get money for fundraising, then I say yeah. all for it. And I think the use doubles like are... Yeah. And I'm now realizing that I could incorporate the same thing into our pub trivia shows and just not do it for fundraising. (laughs) (laughs) And I finally figured out my business model. We're good. (laughs) That's right. You give me money and I will give you points. It's (laughs) basically the meme virtual currency of trivia. (laughs) And I can call them Dogecoins. It'll be great. Um well, uh, I'll tell no, you. No, it won't. Uh, yeah, I'm looking <laughs> at my portfolio right now and nothing great about it. Uh, mm. The other thing I wanted to mention as we were talking about the last week um, James, you and I were collectively, what, about 9% of a 24 hour trivia marathon that took place this weekend? That is correct. Uh, I took an hour and so did you. You opened the show, didn't you? Um, yeah, no, they got they got rid of me nice and early. It was a good idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but uh, I took noon the next day. I figured uh, I didn't want to take something in the middle of the night. I would have been useless. And uh, so I, I filled in an hour. I did video game trivia for that hour. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was a, a big fundraiser put on by Quiz Quiz Bang Bang, another podcast. Friends uh, and of the they show. Were, yeah, they were... <laughs> they were uh, Raising funds for UNICEF for uh, uh, the COVID vaccine, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. am I correct? Yeah, they wanted yeah. To, to help COVID vaccination uh, vaccination distributions in like 90 different uh, developing countries in the world, which is way better than anything I've ever done. I think they raised over five thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, uh, over fifty five hundred was My the Lord. last count. Uh, That's I crazy. think that yeah, I um I sent out flyers at one of my live shows. I kind of doubt anybody showed up to it but i'll tell you though this week uh, at my live shows i'm going to say anybody that wants to 
uh, give a tip. All tips this week will go to that. So, I mean, might as well, you know, keep the donations up. Maybe I oh, could. Oh, absolutely. I love that idea. Yeah. Hopefully awesome. I can throw a, a few more bucks on the pile there and, and get some more vaccinations and syringes and everything bought up. So, yep. Uh, yeah. Good. The Quadrivia podcast, we will subsidize your needle use. <laughs> <laughs> the tagline you never knew you needed. But the one we always <laughs> expected we wanted. <laughs> Oh, we should we should probably talk some shop here, shall we? Yes. Yeah, let's let's get into our uh, roundtable discussion for the day. And today's topic was a listener submitted request. So huge shout out uh, to friend of the show, friend of my stream, and all around swell lady, uh, Sarah Khalil. Uh, if you're around in some of our streams, you may know her under the Twitch handle Saruta, and she suggested that we spend a couple minutes talking about the idea of building hints into our trivia questions, um, but doing so in such a way that, you know, the question is not just, hey, spot this hint and, you know, answer accordingly. Uh, a really interesting and, and nuanced topic, and I would love to get into it, but instead I'm going to throw to James to start us off. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, so <laughs> uh, let me tell you something about hints when it comes to trivia. I think that one entity that does it really well is Jeopardy. Now, uh, I think, though, with Jeopardy, it's a little different than what we all do because we have, you know, long time thinking, 30 seconds, 60 seconds per question, whereas uh, contestants have to be on the ball and get it within a split second, even mm -hmm. as the question is being read. So I think that the hints that are embedded in the Jeopardy clues almost have to be a little bit more of a knock on the head mm -hmm. than... Uh, something subtle, you know, so uh, because I, I think that a lot of people that get on that show, obviously they know their stuff, but under the pressure of the lights and, and everything against each other or against the, the buzzers, you want to make sure that you have lots of right answers because nobody's going to want to watch Jeopardy if nobody's getting anything right. So being able to really balance that on a fine line, I think that they do a pretty good job with it. Um, Sure, they're going to have questions on there that are going to be the know it or don't type, uh, which, you know, I, I realize that they also have their part in our trivia shows. But you want to make sure that you've got a high percentage of right answers. And I think that even that goes for us. We don't want to have a show where everybody's moaning and groaning about getting, you know, another antisocial where everybody drinks because nobody got it right. You want something where you got lots of people answering on high percentages, 60, 70, 80 or 90% so that you feel like, you know, everybody's having a, a better time with it. Because I think the more people that are getting things right, the the more uh, supposed fun that they're having. Because you go to a trivia show to show your knowledge and, you know, even if it was slightly spoon fed to you, you still, you know, you swallow it and you smile and you're happy about it. See, I'd, I'd take that idea and I'd so expand it, it slightly. Maybe your sex tape. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Thanks, thanks Peralta. Nine-Nine. <laughs> Nine-Nine. Uh, yeah, I'd take that idea and, and expand it a little bit to include, um, I forgot what the hell I was going to say because somebody Nine-Nine me. Sorry. Um, yeah, and I wanted to expand that a little bit because ultimately what you want is a room full of people that feel clever about themselves. And if you write a hint in the right way where it's it's kind of not fully on the surface and it's a little covert and it's a little tongue in cheek maybe. Um, teams who wouldn't have known the answer otherwise but were able to spot that, oh, 
they put a hint here. I don't know if everybody picked up on that, but I did. And it led me here. And that turned out to be the right answer for a question that they wouldn't have gotten otherwise. Uh, it's that pat on the back moment. And that I think is the real value of succeeding at pub trivia is not so much, oh, I remembered who was president this year, but oh, they made a connection to a candy bar. And now I think it's Grover Cleveland because I remember this weird fact about baby Ruth's being named for his daughter. Yeah. I And we've talked a lot on the podcast about ins and backdoors and different ways of adding extra information to a question that might act as a hint. Do you guys consider those all to be the same thing as a hint or is a hint more explicit in your mind? Now, I'll, I'll take this one because I think everybody's answer is going to vary on this uh, because we're just getting to like the semantics of terminology that gets used in the trivia space. But for me, uh, the difference between a hint and an in is that a hint helps guide you to what the correct answer actually is, whereas an in gives you a second sub question, basically. That if you don't know okay. what the main ask is, if you can ask the sec, if you can answer, I should say, the secondary part, uh, and maybe put two halves together, you'll get there. So no, I I totally see what you're saying though. Um, like so, for example, uh, one that's a really easy question on both sides would be, uh, what movie? Uh, I'm never gonna remember the name of the. Oh, no. Yeah, I do. Uh, what movie is set on the fictional island of Amity Island? Uh, so so here's the shit of it, by the way, Jeff, when you said what movie and then you paused for five seconds, I swear to God, I was just going to shout out Jaws and make fun of you Dude. for not remembering <laughs> the name of the film Jaws. You should you absolutely should have done that. <laughs> but but for example, it, like, um, it, you know, James Bond's most famous metal mouthed villain and the movie set on Amity Island, those are both different ends if you haven't seen either one or i mean if you have it like let's say you've seen jaws you've seen jaws the movie but not too many bond films so you wouldn't know the jaws as a character from that that would be an in because it's essentially a second question that mm. has the same exact answer but a hint would be uh something extra like oh uh what movie what fictional movie uh what movie was set on the fictional location of amity island also it was scored by john williams or you know something along that would be the hint at the end there that extra little bit like here's extra information that might make this part easier instead of a second question mm -hmm. is that what you're saying is that does that make is that making sense because i yeah. i'm i'm 100 on board with that i really i really enjoy that yeah to I, me i i would say it kind of feels like all ends are hints but not all hints are ends so it's you know I would I would treat an in as like a possible kind of hint, but if you're looking at it just from a giving an extra piece of information that might help something narrow down for you, that's not necessarily an in, but it is a hint. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I see what you're saying on that. I'm thinking back to to Jeff's Amity Island connection. My head went to how would I write a hint for this that isn't necessarily an in, and I I love wordplay. I love puns. My hints often land in that space, so. My head went to uh, Amity Island, the fictional island with some pretty sweet breakers, serves <laughs> oh, as the gosh. location of what 19 <laughs> blah, blah, blah film. Uh, and yeah, pretty sweet breakers is a subtle clue to get you to jawbreakers and hopefully mm -hmm. to jaws. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, term terminology aside, I, I absolutely agree uh, with what Brittany said about how 
all ins are hints, but not all hints are ins. I I very much agree with that too. I'm just in agreement with everybody today. I'm very I'm in a really good mood despite having poop in my air vents. I'm just <laughs> that's the type of day I'm having. I'm I'm here to be on everybody's team. Uh, you know, I mean, having something in your question, whether it's a mini question that goes along with it or a John Williams push, uh, you know, any of those that you put in there, whether you call it an in or not, I think qualifies as a hint. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that you can have other ways of giving hints as well besides putting into the question. And I know that sounds a little bit weird. How can you ask a question that doesn't have a hint in it? Where's that other hint going to come from? So what about if you, you know, have a, a theme going on with that uh, for a category, for example? Um, this past uh, May 17th, for example, was uh, the, the day that taxes were due here in the United States. Um, so I had a category for that week at one of my shows. It was called Tax Day. And everything had the letters T-A-X in it. Now, I think that's a very in-your-face kind of a clue, but it's still going to lead you to the correct answer, especially if the question that you give could lead to multiple answers. At least you know it can be narrowed down to the ones that are going to have T-A-X yeah. in them. Mm-hmm. Right. And you know, that's that's interesting because I don't often consider like mechanics rounds and thematic rounds to be intrinsically hint laden but they very much are now that yeah. i think about it, now that that information is kind of thrust upon me it's uh, just I that they all have, have the same that, hint yeah, yeah they right. all have the same very you know very front street hint like hey here's this question don't forget it has the letters tax in it you know right you know, you don't have to put that up for each question because it's part of the mechanics of the whole round. It actually reminds me, I did uh, around this week where all the correct answers were like commonly used Latin words and phrases and everybody knew it. It was the name of the round. We explained it at the beginning of the game. We explained it at the start of the round. The first seven questions were all clearly Latin phrases. And then question eight um, had something to do with the phrase curriculum vitae and resume was in the question. And a bunch of teams still put resume. Oh, they thought it was a douchey trick question. I, I, that's the only thing I can think of. And that actually segues to another uh, way to build hints is to be a jerk uh, and tell people in advance, like I do, that uh, I'm going to hide the answer in plain sight in one of these questions, every game guaranteed. And it's a little added bonus for you if you can spot what would otherwise be a tough question that the answer is lurking somewhere in the wording. Uh, That is a copyrighted, trademarked, patented thing known as the (laughs) DTQ or douchey trick question. Uh, Whether or not you call it dirty is on you and Jesus. Uh, But, you know, that I suppose that's one way to kind of hint a tough question as well is to do it just all in and say, I'm going to put the actual answer in and hope that you can spot that it is an answer. I uh, actually did that at a recent show and some of the now I had this was a brand new show actually that I've been doing and I think that a lot of the players are like well wait a minute he said it in the question that can't be the right answer so I think that because they weren't used to seeing that and I never explained it and I don't even you know necessarily would say that I use the 
DTQ very often. It kind of threw him for a loop. So, whereas you, it's an expected uh, trick, if you will, that yeah. you're going to use week to week. Man, to to throw it on an unsuspecting crowd was kind of amusing to watch because uh, it, it ended up being where most of the people did get it right, but they were just a little bit like, you do realize you use the word in the question. I was like, yeah, that's kind of the point. Is ha I gotcha, didn't I? <laughs> you know, so uh, you know, maybe as I start doing that and I warm up to the crowd, it might be something that I will uh, use here and there, but. I don't know that I'm going to do that uh, every week, but I'll tell you what, since you've got it copyrighted, I'll make sure to send all uh, royalties and uh, payments in that way to you. So all uh, I ask thank you. is for everything. Yeah. So thank you for that. But you, <laughs> you bring up something important about doing something like a DTQ. Uh, and that is I am overt about it because I kind of have to be, because if I'm not and relatively new people don't realize that that is quote unquote fair game in my game, uh, then I am unintentionally leading them away from the correct answer. And that's the opposite of the intent that I have for the idea. Right, which yeah. is, I think, what kind of happened to me a little bit, although I think people just kind of, you know, pulled the plug and said, I I'm going to go ahead and say it. And lucky for them, it worked. Yeah. Yeah, I do remember the first time I ran across one of your DTQs, Jason, and it, it, it was in a guest host game, so I had... Uh, no clue, but the answer was Minchin, and I was like, well, normally I'd say it was this, but that was in the question, and they wouldn't do that to anyone, and then uh, after I had submitted, I talked to a teammate, they're like, they absolutely 100% would <laughs> yep. do that, like, like, no, that that's a thing on this channel, and I was like, oh, so. Alright, well, here's here's a question for the group. Do you strive to put hints into every single question do you have a specific way that you use them like in your mind if you're writing a game and you wrote a question what about that question would tell you that it needs something extra it needs a little bit of a little bit of mayonnaise on the sandwich or something you know just a little bit something to to bring the question together is it something you do all the time is it something that you sparsely use how do you guys go about that so with me, when I'm writing a question, what I always want to be able to do, just broadly speaking, is make it a narrowish enough option space that teams can educatedly guess what the correct answer is. So if the answer is a movie, I'll often pin it down to a year or a decade, uh, even though that information doesn't necessarily need to be in the question, uh, yeah. just as a little bit of a, a, a training, a, a bumper on the lane. Um, when that doesn't work for whatever reason, because it would give too much away or not be helpful, uh, then I, then I'll consider going with some kind of clue, uh, you know, or alternate fun facts. Sometimes I use hints as a way to get two cool things into one question, uh, mm -hmm. where I think one of them is so obscure that it's not guessable in and of itself. Uh, and then when that doesn't work, I always have the option of shitty puns. Uh, and I like <laughs> shitty puns. I think that some of the craft of writing trivia is to put your voice and your personality into it. Because let's be honest, anybody could type out the phrase, what is the capital of Ohio? Mm -hmm. And that's technically a trivia question. And that's technically a fair trivia question. It's not an interesting question. It's not a fun question. It's not an engaging question. Uh, but the other way to go about it would be, um, what capital sounding director was responsible for uh, X movie in the Harry Potter film franchise? Yeah. I think and, just the first two, right? Uh, I don't know. I'm going to ask a Brittany because I'm in her house on this one. 
what capital sounding director was behind the yeah uh, yeah i don't remember which two. movies that chris columbus, uh, chris directed. columbus did one and two. Oh, okay yeah that's what Yay. i thought but i am not going to get a harry potter fact wrong in front of you on my own show high five my <laughs> own brain <laughs> yes <laughs> um that's just trauma jeff <laughs> well okay so besides the brain trauma i just gave myself by high-fiving myself um one of the things that where I specifically look to insert extra hints or ins or anything like that is in um, questions that I write that are either in categories that are generally not everybody's favorite cup of tea. I'm looking in your direction, sports. Uh, <laughs> a lot of times I'll write extra hints into sports questions um, or so recently I've been using them as kind of anything that happens in sports in the recent weeks. You know, I'll use those as kind of like a, this is also a current events type thing. Like, oh, you may have just heard this name in the news because something just happened with triple doubles, you know? Mm. Um, or, you know, if if the question that I write, if, uh, if I, because I write my questions answers first, I say, I want to talk about this. And then I write the question that points to that thing. And if the question that I write is either too academic or too, you know, whatever you don't for my own tastes, I'll try to throw in something extra. Like those are the ones that I want to, to give a little bit extra on just so that it's not a very clinical question. Like you said, like, what is the capital of Ohio? Okay, cool. It's not a great question, just like you said. So, I how like that word I, choice though, clinical for that kind of yeah, cut and dry. It's it's so sterile, and there you know, like you feel like you're sitting on the crinkle paper with like the the fluorescent lights and the doctor who said they'll be in in five minutes, and you're an hour sitting on the crinkle paper. That's that's what I think of in those questions. It's like it, it might as well be on a standardized test in a doctor's office where everything is sanitary and you know steel surfaces like it just feels ugh, you know mm -hmm. and so those are the questions that like i'll write those and then i'll go ah that's crap and i'll either throw i'll either throw it out and come at it from a different direction or i'll try to make it uh make it more approachable to the teams by adding hints that, that that's where i think the hints do the best work at least in, in my opinion and and to that end we have to remember that quite often what we're presenting is a team-based game. So hints uh, kind of serve as extra meat on the bone for multiple participating people to uh, experience a question and, and come together kind of symbiotically and come up with the answer. Because, you know, I might be the, the geography expert, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, if I was playing in a game with Brittany, for instance, she's the Harry Potter expert. And if we found a question that's kind of a dry geography question that has that Harry Potter connection or vice versa, uh, one of us who may be sticking on a particular point have be, be between two or three answers in our head or need some kind of nucleus to, to latch onto for the memory, uh, mm -hmm. the hint can give a second person a way to shotgun ideas out there. And then the team knowledge base just kind of takes it and runs with it and hopefully lands on the right answer that fits all the parts. Right. And I think one of the things that just with putting hints into the question, it does add interest to the question or... <laughs> Pinterest, if you will, but <laughs> that, you know, it's, Ooh. it's kind of like what Jason was saying is like, if you add a hint that may, if nothing else, it serves as kind of a confirmation of an idea for a clue is like, 
if Jason's the geography expert and I'm the Harry Potter expert and there's a question that does both, if he throws out a geography thing, I can be like, oh, that matches up with this from Harry Potter or, or uh, yeah, I can confirm that from this side, but I would have had no clue coming at it from the other end. But Brittany, you, um, I, I don't know you very well and I also don't know how long you've been doing this. So how long have you been a trivia writer and host? Oh, geez. Um, I guess technically two months time-wise, but from number of games, probably about a month and a half. Okay. Um, so I'm um, very new. <laughs> okay. You know, so yeah. hearing everything that we've been saying, you know, I, I, I'm just wondering how much of this have you already been doing with your questions? Because I know when I started out trying to write questions uh, for shows, they were about as, you know, dry and as know it or don't as you could get it i i felt like oh man i know this fact that is just so interesting and i'm going to ask this question to see how many other people know this interesting thing and frankly you know it was like nobody really knew and it was like oh but look you know you learned it eh, you know that's okay but you want to be able to to inject your own knowledge in a different way as i have learned throughout my many years doing this so would you say that in your two months that you're doing uh pretty well pretty poorly with hints in your writing you know i i'm glad you asked i kind of in a way feel like i kind of had a leg up because i had a podcast like quadrivia to listen to to kind of give me hints like that because when i was writing my guest game for jason's channel uh, a lot of my questions were very straightforward in their first iteration and then i started listening and I think I listened to one of the episodes about how to make a question interesting. And I went back and I rewrote a lot of my questions to add in hints to make them a little bit more accessible. So I I also just enjoy putting hints in, kind of similar to Jason. I like throwing jokes in where I can um, to my questions because it's just enjoyable for me. Like there's nothing wrong with a straightforward question, but I think it makes it a little bit more interesting. if. You know, even if somebody gets it wrong, if they at least laugh at the horrible joke you made inside the question, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, it's the point is to give them a good experience rather than to, you know, I, I want good get rates. But, you know, if everyone's getting every single thing, it's not as fun. But if everyone's getting nothing and they're not at least enjoying it, then that's also kind of not what I'm going for. It's just I want a nice balance of, you know, people groaning at the awful jokes that I make and <laughs> also... <laughs> um, and also just actually learn, like, I've had questions where nobody gets it, but then they're like, huh, T-I-L. And I love those moments because, like, you know, I, I want to share knowledge with people. But at the same time, I know that just because I know something doesn't mean that everyone knows it, even though I kind of assume that's how it works sometimes. So oh, don't worry, we all do. And to, to broaden uh, a little bit on what you were saying, because I've... I've helped you uh, theory craft questions. I've seen your streams. I've played your games. Um, I'm left thinking that there are really kind of two reasons that one would include hints into questions. And one of them very much is because we like our players, we like our teams and we want them to get the answer right more often than not. So, you know, you're giving them a breadcrumb trail to follow, but that's not the only reason that one would write a hint into a question. And the other reason is a smug sense of self-satisfaction where you can go back to the question once the answer is revealed and shine a spotlight on the, hey, did you see what I did there? No, you didn't. The answer was right in front of you if you looked at it the way I intended. Uh, and let's be honest, 
I think we've established on this podcast before that uh, intrinsically all trivia hosts are secretly Slytherins. That feels like a very <laughs> Slytherin move. At least part Slytherin, I believe. So. <laughs> yeah. No, it is it is a lot of fun to go back and say, and if you caught it, here you go. And it's like, but a lot of times people do catch it and sometimes they don't. Or, you know, I kind of live for the moments where I get a comment in my chat of, oh, I love the way this was worded. Even if they miss it, they're like, wow, that was a great clue. And it's like, I, I kind of live for those moments because it feeds my ego in a way that makes me happy. So. <laughs> and I lied as I think through, there's actually a third reason that you would write a hint in, and that is to be a dick. Uh, as I think <laughs> about the concept of red herring hints a little bit here. Um, I'm going to give you an example of a question that I just kind of theory crafted in the last minute or two. Uh, this is based on a question that a friend of mine wrote years and years and years ago that I've asked before. And I love this question because if you hear the first half of it and you tune out, you're going to get it wrong. But if you listen to the whole thing, you're probably going to get it right. And I'm going to make it harder by throwing in a red herring hint. Uh, in what super video game series uh, does a mustachioed Italian plumber attempt to save a damsel in distress from an evil simian? Aha. Uh -huh. If you didn't uh, catch the word Simeon there, your brain is going to instantly go to Super Mario Brothers. And I've reinforced that by put by putting the word super in the clue itself. Uh, but mm -hmm. of course, the answer is Donkey Kong in this case. And it's not a hard question. It's not even particularly an interesting question, but it's a psychologically kind of creative question because, again, negbait is a concept in pub trivia and that's where yeah. you're, you're led one way and then if you kind of zone out and you don't catch the specific ask you're going to fall down that path and you're going to be wrong because you're so locked in that you start not paying attention to the wording uh so it's a neg bait slash rtfq situation and these are going to happen and why not lean into them i don't know that i've ever seen or heard a question quite like that maybe uh during some of your shows i you know i just maybe i pay enough attention or something but just the way that you stopped explained that and showed how you did a hard left at the very end that kind of really kind of makes the evil part of my heart happy and <laughs> makes me want to possibly do that you know at, at, you know try it out at a couple of my uh shows just to see what it does to people you know I, I mean i wouldn't you know lean hard on it with uh, every round having a question or two like that but just to you know kind of like the way i did the dtq maybe i mm -hmm. could do one of these you know so-called red herring questions um Ooh, you I, want one for I, free I, okay i've got one that has has annoyed people to no end that i've asked once or twice before um and feel free to to reword this because i'm just doing it off the dome but what diminutive creature is found in the title of the smashing Pumpkins song whose chorus contains the phrase despite all my rage <laughs> yeah, i love this that... question so much <laughs> i do too i know what you're going for and what you're not going for mm -hmm. so if i may i'll say that a lot of people would say rat in a cage, I'm looking for a rat, but that's not the correct answer because I believe the title is Bullet with Butterfly Wings. Am I not? You are 100% yeah. right on that. Uh -huh. And I swear the only time in trivia I ever thought I was going to be punched was on that question. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have essentially a red herring that is only going to get worse by me mentioning it here, which 
uh, objectively has a larger audience than my in real life trivia game. Uh, a few years ago, I made an offhanded joke about how the answer to any question about planets is always going to be Uranus because I'm a child. <laughs> um, and so a, a, a few of a few of I will say a few of my trivia players have taken that as kind of canon that if I ask a question about the planets, it's nine times out of 10, the answer is going to be Uranus, you know, because, again, I'm a child. Right. Um, and so it almost kind of <laughs> I almost have to add in the extra hint that, no, the answer is not Uranus, despite my tendency to ask about Uranus. Like, I either have to add that in or my players are, if they don't know the answer, they're always going to default to Uranus. And it was just because I made an offhanded joke like multiple years ago. And it has continued. It's followed me onto Twitch. <laughs> and uh, the word choice that I used in that moment has kind of created this giant red herring forever of any time I talk about planets, they're like, is this the moment where Jeff doesn't ask us about Uranus? Or is it your, I guess it's not technically a red herring, but it's like this, this uh, clue that just won't go away. Like this extra hint that my players that have played with me before know about that maybe other players don't. And it's I, like, I always struggle when I write questions about planets. Like, do I mention that the answer isn't Uranus in this case? Like, or do I just leave it be and have everybody guess Uranus because it's funny. Uh, it's yeah that gets to kind of a meta level of, of hinting uh where you, if you know the host you have a rapport and a history with them um you have a, a way either into a question or out of a wrong answer uh i want to say that i have kind of similar stuff going on over the years in my games it's not so much that i have um made the mistake of saying you know the planet answer is always going to be uranus i go the other way around and i've had examples of things that are never the correct answer and i do stick to those because they're much easier to not fall into a trap on and uh really the only one that still kind of exists and comes up is that the correct answer is never aquaman <laughs> um i will write questions that on their surface look like the answer is probably aquaman uh, but then I'm going to have some kind of differentiating fact in there that makes it like Namor the Submariner instead. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, people who aren't necessarily hip to my show might do the knee jerk thing and say Aquaman. And I love that because then I get to reinforce to the room once again, the correct answer is never Aquaman. <laughs> So, so to your point, um, harder when you say the correct answer is always X, a lot easier to work with when the correct answer is never Y. Does that mean that Jason Momoa and Vincent Chase will never be correct answers in your games? Oh, no, I'll ask questions about Jason Momoa all day. He is Bay. Okay, but he's also Aquaman. Yeah, but not always. Yeah, well. Sometimes he's Cal Drogo. The <laughs> yeah, best Drogo. And that's, sometimes he's Conan the Barbarian. That's fair. So, um. But yeah, kind of to your point, like you mentioned the Aquaman and Namor, and uh, it kind of goes back to something that James was saying about when you have a theme, that can be a hint. And it, um, like, I just recently did a round where uh, the mechanic of the round was Answer Snake. And so uh, you knew going in that your answer was going to start with the letter of the previous answer. And so they knew that it was going to start with the letter N. Um, but 
I asked a question. It was very obvious, and it was about Namor, but it was very could have gone either way but because they knew that it needed to start with an n it does help a little bit more i suppose they could have put not aquaman and that still would have fit you know i may have to make a policy of my shows now where the answer phrase never aquaman will not be accepted for credit in any context because malicious compliance is the best compliance Yeah, and I guess that works for me asking it, but not necessarily you, because I think somebody could have just put not Aquaman for you, and, you know, is that acceptable? I'll I'll say the first time that happens, not not now once we've, you know, made the ruling on a public medium, but if that had happened before this the first time, I'd have given it credit, because it's funny. (laughs) Yeah, you gotta do it, like, this week. Like, if somebody does it this week before this episode airs, you gotta give them credit. BRB just messaging everybody in Jason's games. <laughs> so yeah, uh, meta hinting is a way to go about it where the hint isn't even in the question itself. Uh, Jeff, um, you mm-hmm. do this in your category names, don't you? Uh, yeah, sometimes um, with uh, because I have my Jeopardy rounds where I'll do like the Jeopardy style ones where the uh, the overall. Uh, the overall theme of that week of Jeopardy will will give it away like that hint. But then now that I know <laughs> that the category names are displayed, this is an interesting story. I don't know if I've told this before, but for like literally the first year of using Trivnow, I didn't know that the category feature on the question writing part of Trivnow uh, was displayed to the player. I thought that that was just something for me to help sort the questions. I didn't know. So I would just type single letters, which I knew represented something specific, or, you know, I'd mistype, I'd write nonsense. So for the entire first year of people using Trivnow, <laughs> my games, the category where it says category <laughs> question, uh, the category would say nonsense. Ever since I've learned now that uh, people see that with every question, uh, a, I feel super dumb about the last year, uh, but B, I've taken that as a, I've taken that as a way to add funnier little kind of hints. Like, so, you know, almost always it's a joke. Like I did uh, a back-to-back uh, geo- uh, geology, then a geography question, and the the categories were geology rocks, but geography is where it's at. You know, dumb shit like that. <laughs> but then other times, like I'll add. Uh, I'll add like, I can't think of an example off the top of my head, but like maybe something extra, like if it's, uh, the title of a movie is the answer. Maybe I'll say uh, general knowledge, but it could be movies or something along that line where it serves as like this kind of little meta hint that Mm. you, I, cause I won't say it out loud. It's not part of what I would read, but if you're looking at the app and you see that the category may have something a little extra almost always it just says like movies or tv or some but sometimes it will say something a little bit extra and you know i i think those are fun little extra ways to add like the teensiest little bit of an extra hint almost like Um, an easter egg yeah just like little little tiny jokes it's almost i'll say this 90 percent of the time it's just the category name uh seven more percent of the time it's a joke because I think I'm funny. Uh, and then the other little percent 
uh, there might be an extra hint hidden in there too. So it's one of those kind of, you almost have to, you know, it's one of those if you're paying attention type hints. Yeah. No, and I think Easter egg hints are really fun, actually, because usually it's one of those things you catch it after you answer the question and then you kind of look and you're like, that's great. And it's like, you just have a little moment of thinking that the host is super clever. And then I try to remember to tell them that they're super clever. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but I did actually have a question for those of you who have been doing this magnitudes longer than I have. <laughs> um, just, and I'm not sure if you would call it meta hinting, but it's more of a, from a perspective of writing out a clue versus uh, giving a almost audible clue. So, when you read your questions, do you find that when you have a hint in your question, you emphasize the hint or do you just kind of try to monotone it through the question and see if people just happen to notice your hint in the question? I'll take this. Uh, as somebody who once a night um, has to hide the damn answer in the question, you do not emphasize it. Uh, you try to gloss over that and make it sound as natural and I won't say monotonous, but just as, as normal conversational uh, dynamics and and nuance as you normally would because you want them to feel clever mm -hmm. you know on that that previous uh example the the chris columbus one if i had you know emphasized what capital sounding director that's that's giving up the ghost okay at least to me so i'll put it in there i'll put it on the screen i want you to have the experience of spotting that it is a hint and then deriving the answer from it. Cause you get that satisfaction as to uh, getting the right answer where if I overemphasized it, I'm just, I'm, I'm taking you by the nose and I'm saying, Hey, Hey, I did this thing. You should pay attention to this thing. It almost makes the rest of the question pointless. Okay. Uh, when I had my live game, um, I was way more uh, hit you on the head with a hammer about my hints. Uh, in as much as I would put them in their own little text box with the big word hint dash and then more words. Um, but those those are more like uh, what baseball player did this thing? Hint. This is also another thing that they did, like just an extra bit of information. Mm -hmm. sure. um, and in, in cases like that, where it's something that's way on Front Street, that is absolutely as built into the question as the actual question itself, like. In as much as it's a second in or a back door or something else like that, sure. uh, I might emphasize those a little bit differently. Just especially if I feel like if if I think more than fifty percent of my crowd would get the second half more than the first half, I might lean a little bit harder on the second half of the question. Um, but I do agree that if you if you wrote something cheeky, something hidden like an Easter egg. Or something like a, especially like Jason's uh, DZQs, or uh, like if if it's like a, uh, we haven't mentioned it yet, but like if if it's like a cryptic crossword, like something like where two halves of two words, like without the space, mm -hmm. become the answer. Like you don't want to lean on those too much because, like Jason said, you want people to feel clever. You want them to find that on their own. And of course, there's there's a thin line you kind of have to walk where if um, if they aren't getting those, like, let's say you have three or four of those over a game. If if teams are missing those over the first couple, maybe you could lean on one later in the game and kind of and kind of be like, hey, you know, maybe it's a bunch of new players that you've never had before. Maybe they don't know your writing style. Maybe you might want to lean on it just a little bit 
to kind of right. to bring him up to speed and be like, hey, just just so you know, this is a thing that we do. Super and, valid point there. Yeah. yeah. When I had my live games, I would I would go to teams that had never played before and explain a few different things like, oh, hey, pay attention to this. Um, also, don't pay too much attention to the pictures. Nine times out of ten, they are just pretty pictures. Sometimes what you see in the picture is exactly what I'm talking about. Sometimes it isn't. So do what the words say first. And then if the picture matches, then feel free to use that as confirmation. So that's sure. a, that's another thing, too, that uh, I don't know uh, how many other hosts do images the way that I do. Well, that um, kind of opens yeah. up a broader uh, way in which you can hint stuff. And that's through the environment. Um, yeah. You know, you you do a, a PowerPoint esque presentation Mm -hmm. uh, at your games every week. So everybody's used to seeing all the questions in a nice, well-prepared slide. And there's always some kind of image. Sometimes it's there to be helpful. Sometimes it's there just to match the content of the question. And sometimes uh, it's you just having fun with an image, you know, unrelated. <laughs> here's a picture of a rock as you ask a question about Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> kind of thing. And that can expand because I know a lot of people uh, when they run their, their live trivia games, they give teams ample time to think to write down an answer to hand up a slip however the the mechanism is uh but they fill that dead air with music and i know james you are uh one of those hosts that is used to curating a set list for your trivia games uh do you want to talk a little bit about how you use music as a way to help teams kind of land on the right answer absolutely um this is not a requirement that is set out by the company that i work for however uh, I have always prided myself, uh, honestly, on putting a song to go with the question because the way that the game works is you ask a question and you give them one song to think about it. Uh, so that's their timer, if you will. Now, sometimes I can't really find a good match. I'll just play any random song in there. Sometimes I'll pick a keyword from the question and it'll be, you know, related in that way. So mm -hmm. if it's a, a question about which element on the periodic table, maybe I'll play uh, chemistry by, you know, those guys that do chemistry or something. <laughs> I'm trying to think, you, you know, you those know, two guys. bands have well-known songs called lithium and you go with chemistry. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> um, well, it's, oh, you know, that's the thing, though. I don't always want to use a question in the wrong or a, a song in the wrong way, because if I'm asking a question where the answer is going to be iron, I might not want to play the song lithium because I don't want to give a red herring in that way. Well, that's what um, you do. Now, you just intentionally play literally any other song but Lithium, and that's the clue for the fact that it's Iron. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you can say, well, sure. I told you, I didn't. did I play Lithium? No. Well, then the answer is clearly Iron. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, but I have so many levels that I can take this. So, uh, for example, this past week, uh, one of the answers was Who Framed Roger Rabbit? So I played I Love a Rainy Night. So what does that have to do with the answer? Well, the song is by Eddie Rabbit. So if you know that, it might just might squeak you over mm -hmm. into looking at that. And um, it might I, ask, oh, I promise a, you, a I would have not known have, that. Yeah. <laughs> what about, yeah. would, you, would you consider Echo and the Bunnymen also a valid clue? Absolutely. Bring, bring on the dancing <laughs> horses, yes. But then, but then you're singing about horses. Uh, anyway, um, you know, I might play Sweet Caroline if the answer is North Carolina or South Carolina. You know, that's getting a little bit 
towards the obvious, but I have even done it where uh, I ask about a certain drug, maybe from, uh, you know, like The Wire or some show, and I will play the song Cocaine, and the answer is Cocaine, and it is still not a 100%. There have been times where I will ask about a song, a specific song by a specific band, and I will play the song, and I still do not get 100% from it. I you have know, opinions now, I mean, I, on this. Yeah. Uh, no, listen, I've had where teams will just look at me like, really? And, you know, it's like, well, you knew it. So what are you complaining about? And, <laughs> you know, I mean, it, well, what is your opinion on that then? What do uh, you say? I uh, I decided to do some, we'll call it market research, but it was really just feeling good about myself uh, and went into one of those national brand uh, online streams a couple months ago just to see what all the fuss was about. And uh, I don't want to out a company uh, by name specifically. Let's just say that they combine being a DJ uh, with trivia. <laughs> okay. And, okay. And, and say sure. no more on the subject. Uh, they they had a question in their round that asked for the name of the musician who has written and performed songs like Bubbly and Realize. And it was multiple choice. Uh, and then they proceeded to play the song Realize by Colby Calais. And to me, that's no longer a question in the way in which it was presented. Uh, If you want to do a name that tune round, by all means, do a name that tune round. Uh, If you want to do a straight up trivia question and give the answer away overtly in the music, that's that's where I feel like you're going a bridge too far. You know what I mean? Um, The thing with the cocaine and cocaine, at least those aren't you're not asking a question about the song cocaine. You're asking a question where the answer is cocaine. And if your resident music expert happens to recognize that this song is cocaine, uh, you can make an argument that that's a hint. I still think it's a little beat you over the head, but you know, you could convince me that it's not a bad idea. Um, as to the other examples you gave, I love the idea of playing like Echo and the Bunnymen or uh, I love a rainy night for the answer who framed Roger Rabbit. I really like the idea of getting them uh, started with a musical clue. Uh, kind of like the Sweet Caroline thing that you said. It doesn't give anything away, but it's it's a little more lead you by the nose to the ballpark of where they should be thinking if they're clever and pick up on the clue. But yeah, I and maybe it's because I don't play a lot of music in my games because uh, when I did my market research, you know, a decade ago, uh, one of the companies that I checked out just had what I thought was a boring show. They'd ask questions blandly and plainly, and they would play out an entire four minute audio track uh that wasn't even related to the question um Mm -hmm. just to fill time and at least when you use music to help people get the answer you're doing something in a trivia sense but i i do have strong opinions about the idea of using music as an answer without writing a question about the music i actually had two occasions very recent well not two occasions very recently, one very recently and one a few years ago where my background music served as hints for the questions on accident, totally on random from like seven hour long playlists. <laughs> um, I had uh, recently asked a question about Eagle Eye Cherry, uh, the song Save Tonight, because that's his name, not a group name. That's the the dude's name. He's a singer songwriter. His full name is Eagle Eye Cherry. Um, and as I was asking that question in a private event, that song came on in the background and I'm like, oh, well, this is 
Kismet. It's the <laughs> song you're hearing right now. It was absolutely completely random from my five hour long playlist. And I was like, well, you know, here's an extra hint that I can't really control and didn't set up in any way. I've and then it happened too. I hate it. I was at a yeah. DJing or uh, running trivia to TGI Fridays. And I think I brought this story up on the podcast once before, but uh, I had a question about, you know, like the, the highest charting or longest running number one song that Bon Jovi has ever released. And mm -hmm. the damn song came on in the <laughs> middle of the timer for the question. It was, yeah, the question had to do with the song Wanted Dead or Alive. And that friggin' song, and this was be this wasn't like a touch tunes jukebox thing, and somebody was being real cute about it. Uh, this was just piped in corporate music, and yeah. boy, did that timing suck. <laughs> the 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 most random one for me. Uh, many years ago, I had asked a question uh, in a standard billiard set. Uh, the red ball and red striped ball have what numbers on them? And as soon as I asked the question the opening guitar riff of the song Creatures for a while began playing because I'm a 90s kid and I love me some 311. And wouldn't you know it that there was three teams that said, did you do this on purpose? And I'm like, did I do what on? Oh, my God. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Like it didn't even register because I've heard that song a billion times because it's in my playlist right. until three people came up and said, are you being cheeky? I'm like, I swear to God, I didn't do that on purpose. It just accidentally happened. Like the... <laughs> But it does it does kind of give me the idea that something like that would be really, really fun to base a game on. So like, James, I got to give it to you, man. That's got to be a really fun thing to do. Uh, like if you're if your company's like you have to play a full song in between and the songs are up to you, you might as well have some fun with it and do some some fun hint giving. Yeah, uh, it's because I went to a live show where they didn't do this. It was nearly the same format. It was, you know, ask a question, play a song. And it's like, oh, you could have, you know, definitely played this song or some song from this genre at least. But, you know, if you're just picking, you know, out of your list on shuffle, it's just not as, as fun. It's not as engaging. So I, that's why I like to do it. And that's why I will, you know, as some of you, uh, on the co-op no I complain about uh, when they don't send the questions in to me and I don't have enough time to curate a playlist because I want you know whether or not I'm working for somebody else I'm working for myself in in the gig no matter what uh -huh. and I want people to have fun because if they're not having fun they don't want to be there what's the point so I make the music work for me and they love it. So if they love it, I love it. It sounds like fun. It's good fun. Yeah. Now, as I as I think through you guys talking about playing music, because again, as I mentioned, it's not something I explicitly do, but now I kind of want to play around with the idea of having like lateral, very, very lateral clues to the answer in the song or the artist that I'm playing. And, and such that I don't think any reasonable person could get the answer from the song, but upon learning or figuring out the answer and then analyzing the song, being able to make that connection in hindsight. Uh, an example just off the top of my head, since Jeff said 311 and 311 is awesome. Uh, imagine playing the song Amber by 311 on a film question where the answer is Jurassic Park. Knowing I... the song doesn't necessarily clearly get you to anything, but you know it's that light bulb that, oh, I see what he did there. 
moment mm-hmm. that that I absolutely live for as a host and writer. Um, I That's, think I'm clever, yeah. and I want you to figure out that I'm <laughs> clever too without me telling you that I'm clever. Yeah, it's a and little bit more rare. Yeah, but um, it, it's something that you can do. But you, you got to have a little deeper knowledge, and it is a lot more fun when you can make that connection. Yeah, and I I will say just purely hosting on Twitch, it's not really something I can do with DMCA rules and whatnot of playing music that uh, would hint towards the questions. But I did have a round that I did as part of one of my mystery theme where everything had the word James in it, or that was the connection overall. Oh, it's a terrible idea you're trying for to a look. It, it was a bond, a James bond. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but oh, during the time, Pretzel Rocks was going, and a song, like two or three songs, either by a James or with James in the title, came came on. And of course, it pops up in the chat of, oh, this is so-and-so by James and the blah, blah, blah. I'm like, man, I hope people are kind of watching chat and that just puts it in their <laughs> head. It's like, because I have no control over what Pretzel Rocks plays. <laughs> it's just like... Oh, good surreptitious hinting. Uh, I, I think we're at a pretty good point here in the conversation. Was there anything uh, specifically that anybody here wanted to ask or bring up or talk about when it comes to, to hints and making sure that you're not uh, importantly, that you're not ruining a question with a hint that you're, um, so again, because my head goes over the place, here's the analogy that I'm going to draw on the fly here. A good hint is like steak sauce. A really good question doesn't need it. And a really bad question might lean too heavily on it. But if the hint is good enough, it's only going to serve to accentuate the quality of the question. Hmm. I, I I think that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, I'll tell also, you, I'm hungry. you know, <laughs> yeah. um, there is one other thing that I will do um, because since I'm asking questions live, you all were talking about how to keep things monotone so you're not giving away clues. Um, I, I will sometimes take a different tack on it where I will write the question with the intent of reading it a certain way. Uh, as a matter of fact, on the UNICEF fundraiser, I had a question about a character from Wreck-It Ralph who uh, uh, is in Street Fighter. And so I gave the quote with the accent and I said, you are a bad guy. This does not mean <laughs> you are a bad guy. You know, so that should lead you further to who it is. And that was my hope, you know, and, and so being able to you know, sing, use song cadence, do an impression, anything like that to, to help it out, I think, uh, you know, because that's a, that's an intentional way to do it. Yeah, that was flawless. Flawless delivery, by the way. Oh, Thank I was going to chime in right great. there and say that I swear it's such kismet because I swear to God, like in the last 24 hours, I've heard somebody do a question about that line from Wreck-It Ralph. And then I remembered <laughs> I was playing your game while I drove my wife to the nail salon yesterday. And that's where I heard it. Well, we haven't talked for three seconds. I think the round table is over. Um, and that might be a hint that we can move on. <laughs> Uh, yeah, thank you again to Sarah, a.k.a. Saruta, yeah. for suggesting such an interesting topic and yeah. one that we could just uh, talk about uh, for an hour without too many concerns or having to stretch too much. Uh, if you want to hear us talk about something that is near and dear to you in the trivia world or something that you 
want to learn more about from our perspective, please feel free. Uh, send us some feedback. Uh, you can check out our website at quadriviapodcast.com. There is a comment form there, or you can email us at quadriviapod at gmail.com. Uh, just put something like roundtable discussion topic in the title, and then make sure you enclose pictures of feet. Otherwise, we will not read it. I knew there was a reason you were ignoring my emails. <laughs> oh, no, I, I, I get yours directly to my phone. We're fine. Um, yeah, are we... Are we okay to move into the keyword challenge for the week? Do you think anybody else have anything that we left on the table? I'm good. I'm ready to yeah, go. I'm good to go. Yeah, I think I'm okay. All right. Well, let's go ahead and do that. Uh, Brittany, you've never done this before. What is the keyword challenge? Uh, the keyword challenge <laughs> is that thing you guys do every week where we listen to porn music while you supposedly write questions. <laughs> and then you come back and judge each other a little bit based on a specific prompt from a listener. That is quite possibly the best <laughs> explanation of the keyword challenge we've ever had on this show thank you so <laughs> much for accurate. that Brittany. very um, accurate but yeah to go into slight detail uh we we ask you guys to come up with words names or phrases that you want us all to be tasked with writing a trivia question about under a constrained time limit specifically about 10 minutes uh we read that uh out loud publicly for the first time and then we all just hide in our hidey holes and frantically google uh and attempt in 10 minutes to come up with a halfway decent trivia question based on what you've sent us uh the important thing is that the keyword appears somewhere in the question or answer we don't care how we don't care how you monkeys paw it or interpret it uh as long as you can get there it's fair game and i think we're ready to hear today's suggestion Sure, yes. uh, he said to himself. Uh, yes. Today's keyword, uh, courtesy of our feedback form by somebody named Jotaro Kujo, which uh, I've been led to believe is not a real-life person I know who happens to go by the name Kujo. Uh, shout out to him for no good reason because he doesn't listen. But uh, Jotaro Kujo has suggested that we take a stand on this keyword. The keyword is stand. <laughs> that so. will... That will be funny to a certain number of people. It's such a bizarre name, I'm telling you. <laughs> so stand is what we have to work with. Uh, take it any direction you want. Uh, write any kind of question that you want, as long as it'll present on, in a podcast medium, you're good. Uh, and I think we should go ahead and start that 10-minute timer now. Uh, friends, I will see you on the other side of the porn. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Quadrivia, where our quartet of trivia hosts are ready to take a stand and submit their keyword challenge question, which host will stand tall over the others? Let's find out as we begin with Brittany giving us her keyword challenge question that uses the word stand. Oh. I don't think I have a leg to stand on after that. Never not funny, James. <laughs> hey, well, I, I might have an extra leg to stand on after that. <laughs> that was velvet. Yeah. He made a penis joke. <laughs> um, but yeah, here's my question. Also, Disney's briefest theatrical short film, Stand By Me, was performed by which half of a titular duo of a 1995 TV series that isn't set in Athens? Unfortunately, the character doesn't notice as their Vakokuras friend is struck with catastrophe every time the title of the song is sung. There's a lot going on in this question. And I don't have anything to jump in on after that. I'm trying to think of mid-90s TV shows that would seemingly have some connection to Greece that don't. Is this maybe a goofy movie? 
I don't know. Well, uh, feels like it would be in that time frame, but I don't think I'm right on that. Stand by me was performed by which half of a titular duo? Um, and I'm wondering if this is like the song "Stand by Me" that we're talking about, and that somebody is struck a cover with catastrophe. Of it, I wish I knew what Faco Chorus meant in this context because I don't. I'm still stuck on the fake. So it's got to be an animal, right? A fake a chorus uh, could be a plant. Yeah, that's that's definitely some kind of connection to like a Latin name for for a living creature. <laughs> yeah, I'm, t- I'm tapped feel, on this one. I, I think I, I, I am, too. Yeah. The number of ins are so high gutted. and I have I nothing. It's not for lack of, of options to get in, which I can't get any footing. <laughs> sure. Uh, is the answer stand? Uh, it is not. <laughs> then I got nothing. So is everyone tapping out? Yeah, I think I think yeah, we're I think uh, so. a, a universal tap out on this. Does it help if I tell you the Faco chorus is the genus of warthog? God damn it! <laughs> oh, oh! Everything just fell into place. <laughs> yeah, Timon so, of Athens, the Shakespearean mm-hmm. play. Um, the the show had to be Timon and Pumbaa. Uh, and oh wow okay nice smart people would have gotten this <laughs> uh but yeah your answer is timon i just feel so bad not getting something from the disney afternoon that's what really mm-hmm. just guts me like every Ugh. every piece of that pointed directly at the answer but it's in like such a way that it, you had to put some thought into it and we just couldn't it's it's one of those things where there's so many ins that if you can't find one that ticks two boxes you have nothing on it and i just couldn't get anywhere that that retrospectively fit anything else i went athens the the geographical route and not the you know reference to a shakespearean character which i mean in an episode about you know hints uh it was a hint and it's one of those hints that you look back on and I definitely had that face slap moment where it was staring me in the eyes the whole time, but I didn't yeah. interpret the hint the way it was intended to be interpreted. I feel like that, right. that uh, girl from that, sh- that scene in clerks where she's like, how much is this? And it's pans back and mm. it's all arrows pointing that say 99 cents, like at her head in a row. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, such like now that it all makes sense, I'm like, Oh, duh. I could have just, you know, thought about this in the right way for three seconds and been able to figure it out. Yeah, this, it. this feels very on brand for you from the questions I've seen you write before, where it's it's dense with ways to get it. But those ways are not overt, if that makes sense. And I mean, if any one of them were more overt, it would kind of diminish the, the hit yeah. of the answer to the question. So this is one where I'd expect a low get rate, but a, a lot of teams looking back and going, oh, I could have gotten there, which sometimes is a great kind of question to include. So I don't know that I have any notes. Um, the the player in me wants to say, oh, why couldn't you, you know, kind of pin down that the Athens thing was a literary reference, but really it didn't need it. It was fair game as it was. And I just have sour grapes on that. <laughs> or as the Greek would call it, wine. all right should we move into uh the next one oh no maybe we shouldn't because i have to follow that and i promise you my question's gonna hit a lot differently than britney's did um spoiler alert you know the answer here's the question 
Musically speaking, Mr. King encouraged you to do it in his vicinity. The public safety patrol encouraged you not to do it in their vicinity. And some dreamers just encouraged you to do it. Full stop. What verb is it? <laughs> oh, I, you know, I really have to rack my brains, but I think I know this one. Spoiler, you do. I'm, st yeah. I'm still <laughs> thinking, but yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I actually, I'm trying to think. I know that this is not BB King. I, I'm trying to it's, hold on. I was uh, going to say it, uh, but I'll hold on. It's, uh, you're doing it. Oh, yeah. Ben E. King, yeah, isn't it? That's yeah. it. I say, I'm pretty sure James knows the answer, and he's just trying to back solve the clues. Yeah. And then the, the um, second clue, I think, is my favorite pop song that yes. features references to Nabokov. Well, it's I'm, probably yeah. the best thing in pop culture that references to Lolita, <laughs> including Lolita. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, I mean... Even the listeners have to know at this point that the answer is stand. Just by process of elimination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just by process. Yeah. So I've been I've been doing uh, this kind of question idea off and on lately where it's I come up with a common word in the titles of several songs and then I clue you to the full song titles in some kind of vague way and all I have to do is come up with a common bond word, which is what I've done here. But I also, apropos of nothing, completely coincidentally a couple of weeks ago, had a question that asked about uh, the songs, the the word that the police wrote into two, exactly two of their singles, which is also found in singles by Benny King and the Pretenders and Godsmack and R.E.M. Uh, so this one I already kind of had on the plate, as it were, and I decided to take two ideas and merge them together. Uh, just to walk it through for the listeners, just in case, Mr. King, as James mentioned, is Benny King, who encouraged you to stand by him. Uh, in Stand By Me. The public safety patrol is the police and they encourage you not to stand so close to them. Uh, and some dreamers or, you know, the phase of sleep known as REM just encouraged you to stand. I mean, in the place that you live and in the place that you were, but that's, and then face that's north. neither here nor there. Yeah. And face oh, is west. Was it not in the place where you work? Maybe. I don't know. Michael Stipe <laughs> is weird about lyrics. I... Every time I think of that song now, I can't help but think of the five-second stop-motion claymation video that Ben did. <laughs> Could a uh, depressed person do this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Parks and Rec. Oh, gotta love it. <laughs> uh, you say that this is a new kind of question that you've been dabbling in uh yeah i've done a couple of these where i find you know some common word in a couple song titles and i just kind of reinterpret the titles in some kind of instruction i'm trying to think of the other one that i've done recently on that but i'm sure if you keep talking it'll come to mind well i i gotta say that uh it's a pretty good new way of of asking that i've never seen before so uh maybe it's something that i'll pick up yeah. for some of my own writing no. oh i remember now I, I did it i did it for the unicef thing i was gonna say uh, you did it for the weekend, unicef thing uh where i asked about the 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 way the who described uh, a desolate area the way um katie perry described uh like a a fantasy or something and uh the way that uh Wiedis described uh kind of a tool <laughs> and the answer the common word there was teenage even though the Who song is called Bob O'Reilly, they use the lyric Teenage Wasteland and then Teenage Dream and Teenage Dirtbag. Uh, in a category called Musical Adjectives, where most of the guesses that came in were nouns. 
<laughs> I do I do like the fact and I'm just now going off what you just said that the that you do actually point out the the form of speech that it is. So that that in itself is another hint. You didn't even have to say that it was a verb. You didn't have to bring any of that yeah, into it. Yeah, I could have said what word is it, but you know. Right. Yeah. I don't know, that that really was just a coin flip as to what terminology I wanted to use and verb um just I mean because it's the kind of question that isn't overt on what's going on um you know any any way that i can tip off exactly what form the ask is in is, is probably a good thing i like it's, it. it's one of those two yeah, clever I, I my like own the good question. wordings well and thank I'm, you for that i'm over here three for three of, i think yeah and yeah. i'm over here thinking of other songs that tell you yeah. to stand i think elvis uh, costello oh, what a, what a segue can i ask my question <laughs> yes you can go for it all right here it comes <laughs> With a fierce cry of anger, get up, stand up, stand up for your right. Our lyrics sung by Bob Marley in a militant anthem by what group? I see what you did there. I like what you did there. <laughs> I I love this. I love this. If yeah. we could have more questions about music that I know immediately, <laughs> it makes me feel better about myself. Oh, that was just every Wednesday night on Twitch there, Jeffy. <laughs> oh, you want to play those questions? That's a whole <laughs> other thing. Yeah, uh, yeah, I've I've got this dead to rights. I assume Chef does too. Brittany, do you want to take a stab at it? I think it's I think it's something I actually know from a music space. Which who, anyone who's ever played trivia with me knows that that's pretty rare. Um, but I think "Fierce Cry" is the uh, real hint that got me there for this. So, and that, and I only really know one Bob Marley group. So, uh, yeah, I think I got this one. Yeah, well, go ahead. Oh, okay. Uh, I think it's the Whalers. I, I am strongly inclined to agree with you on that. And I agree with both of you. Uh, I agree with the three of you. The answer is the Whalers. <laughs> yeah, it'd be really awkward if all four of us were equally wrong. <laughs> yeah, I figured since this is the hint episode, I would go ahead and throw one in just like that. So uh, a fierce cry of anger, uh, being that it was a militant anthem, I think was the appropriate way to put it. So uh, a whale would lead you to the Whalers. This is, I, I like it because it's one of those hints that if you know the answer and you knew it without the hint, you can go back and it's it's a wink to the crowd. Yeah. More than it is a way to increase the get rate. Because I don't know if anybody's going to be, you know, kind of flailing on this one and reread it and go fierce cry of anger. Oh, it's whalers. Uh, more than it's, oh, it's whalers. Oh, yes, it is. Because that wording said, the, said it the way it did. It's a semi-subtle confirmation mm -hmm. like if, if you know the answer it confirms that if not it could help you get there so yeah it, it's very I, I hope that it's very natural because being that it was from that kind of a song it, it makes sense for you to cry out in anger so uh, that was want, my go on it you want my stupid version of your clue sure sounding like they hail from hartford and not jamaica <laughs> get up stand up <laughs> Stand up for your right. Our lyrics sung by uh, what group fronted by Bob Marley? <laughs> Any way you can get there is fine by you me. Know, Hartford, the whale. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I got it. <laughs> oh, I was that just happens. quoting Mallrats. Yeah, that happens <laughs> once in a lifetime. Oh, can we just continue quoting Kevin Smith movies? That would be great. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think we've talked that one through. It's It's great. It's got nice punch, and I like it, and I like you. Oh, thanks, man. I like you, too. Aww. All <laughs> right, Jeffy, um, 
whatever you're going to do. Let's just get it on with. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, here is here is my question. I've waited at least one half of all my life to write a question about this topic. Oh, I Multi- think I already know what's going on here. <laughs> Multiple references to popular bands, a mysterious force named Hamon, vampire-like villains, and physical manifestations of a person's power known as a stand are all things you'd find in a manga written and illustrated by Hirohiko Araki. Despite the story taking place over multiple generations, the main characters of this manga all share what four-letter nickname? Here is all I needed from this question, which is great because anything else was nothing for me. One half of all my life plus four letter nickname. And I'm there. (laughs) This is so clever and brilliant. God damn it. I love it. (laughs) I know that we, you know, talked about this, Brittany. I mean, how much do you know about this? Or or should I say, did you know about it before we started? Oh, um, uh, nothing. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. And, and having read this question, I now know nothing but am more confused. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's about on par. Yeah, that's about on par. So, uh, I'm sure all, all of us know the answer now if, if somebody wants to go yeah, ahead and reveal I'll it. I'll go ahead and reveal it. Um, all my life. Yeah, this is, uh, this is JoJo. That is correct. From the manga and anime, uh, the, Bizarre Adventures of Joe or Jojo's Bizarre Adventures. Excuse me, I said it backwards. Um, you but know yeah. what, Jeff? For 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 this question, just leave. Get out right now. Oh, okay. Or the one See with the bows or whatever. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, so for if if nobody has ever heard of this this uh, this manga or the anime, which is also very popular, uh, it is. Absolutely ludicrous in all the best ways possible. It starts off very no, it's JoJo. We went over that. <laughs> it, start, <laughs> it starts off very kind of standard, but really quickly takes a lot of left turns into crazy pants town. Like uh, a lot of the characters' names are based off of uh, rock musicians from the past. Like there's a character whose name is literally Robert E O Speedwagon. Um, <laughs> oh I'm not that's not a joke. There's a there's a character well the the second season the three main villains are named Cars, ACDC and Whamu. Uh like after the band's Cars, ACDC and Wham. Um all of the main characters are related uh from uh one person uh named Jonathan Joestar uh whose descendants go on to keep fighting these crazy battles and all of them all of their nicknames are both all of them have Joe twice somewhere in their name, like Jonathan Joestar, Joseph Joestar, Jotaro Kujo, uh, Josuke Higashi, <laughs> Higashikata. I'm sorry, uh, Giorno Giovanna, Jolene Kujo. Like they all are referenced as Jojo for short. So despite the fact that the story takes place over literal like a hundred years, there's a ton of Jojos hidden. It's such a ridiculous show, and I'm super excited that I got to write a ridiculous hint. <laughs> featuring <Yeah>. late 90s <laughs> R&B. <laughs> I'm going to see your excellent question and follow up with what might possibly be the most important question mm-hmm. asked on this episode. Um, so JoJo's Bizarre Adventure features all those characters named JoJo, you said? Mm-hmm. So would that be JoJo's or Joe's Joe? <laughs> it's it's uh, JoJo because 
each of them is having their own singular bizarre adventure. So no, I'm just that... wondering what the collective term for a group of uh, people named Jojo is. Oh, I yeah, I think you're it's right. a gaggle. <laughs> a gaggle of Joe's, Joe's Joe. Uh, just... <laughs> like attorneys general. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, those were our questions. Some of them were good and some of them were mine. <laughs> Uh, if you liked any of those questions, um, you should. Uh, if you liked mine, I don't know, but you can vote for it uh, if you want to for your uh, as your favorite on our uh, weekly poll in quadriviapodcast.com. That poll will be up and available on the website as soon as this episode releases in your feeds sometime around the time you're hearing it. <laughs> I was going to say like three weeks from now, but they have no concept of now because of the yeah. magic of audio recording. Well, you did. You just did the UNICEF thing. So people that oh, yeah. oh no, so they, we've dated yeah. ourselves. We did date it. You pinned, pinned it, it down temporally. You never do that because now when we publish this in point. like October of 2027, the doctor cannot change it. No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, we should do trivia in our trivia podcast. It's it's a weird policy of mine, but it's one that I stand by. Uh, James, <laughs> I think you have a round prepared for us. Well, I think I do. I have a uh, set of general knowledge hodgepodge potpourri questions, 10 of them to be exact, and all of them have different hints and ways of doing hints in them. I'm hoping that it shows, uh, you know, a different spectrum of the ways that you can do them, uh, starting with, like we said, hitch over the head to a little bit more subtle as we go through them. So uh, I, some of them may actually be, uh, uh, might need like categories to go with them, but that's going to be the hint that's going to go with you there. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and get you ready with those. And I've got it in the text and I've got it ready for audio. So if you all are ready, uh, I've got question one for you. All right. I'm good to go with this. Okay. On March 31st, 2017, what color was retired from Crayola? Here's a hint. It's the name of a weed. Well, indigo's a color, yeah. so is this indica? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I was thinking a little more literally, but you might not be. Oh, wrong. no, I'm super wrong in just shitposting. Uh, somebody who, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I know this, and largely because I, I write, I've written more than a few questions about the, the weird names that Crayola colors have. Uh, so if somebody wants to take the lead on it, I can definitely confirm or deny. I was I was going to say, without the hint, I absolutely would have said flesh. Without like without the hint, I know that flesh is not a weed necessarily, but that <laughs> was that was the whole thing when they were like, oh, hey, by the way, not everybody's flesh is the same color. And then they changed that, you know, so without that hint, I absolutely would have gone the wrong direction with this. Yeah, I think flesh was retired a bit earlier than 2017. Um, but I was just trying to think of the last few times I've bought crayons, uh, and I don't think I've seen this color in there in a while. And I usually buy the large boxes of crayons for myself as an adult. So <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. And I had a conversation with my uh, son gardening what like two weekends ago about how these these weeds are actually cool and maybe don't just uh, weed kill them because. You know, it's it's some bourgeois bullshit that in the United States we put grass all over our lawns and that HOAs will find you if you don't. I'd much rather have a lawn full of dandelions. So would I. They're, yeah. they're pretty Dan swell big cats. 
dandelion. <laughs> are you are you proud of that? It was recorded and and literally several people will hear that. <laughs> Can one ever be proud of their jokes? Because I am all the time. You should yeah. be. That was that was beautiful, and it was so off the cuff. Yeah, dandelion is the correct answer, and you're right. Uh, I think that dandelions are are pretty neat. I know that rabbits like to eat them, so pet rabbits, you gather up those leaves and stems. See, there's another Jojo. (laughs) Jojo rabbit, right, yeah. Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, So I think that that was, uh, see, that was your, you know, hitch over the head hint. So I think that that uh, being out of the way, we'll move on to another one with a little bit more of a subtle one. You're going to have to have some linguistics knowledge for this one. Number two, what clear malt beverage, whose name means winter in Russian, was sold in the U.S. between 1993 and 2008 with limited returns in 2017 and 18? See, if, if this is the thing I think it is, I refuse to believe that it was on the market for 15 years and then they brought it back. But uh, apparently that's the case. Um, I have moderate thunder on this. Brittany, do you have any any clue? Um, no. I, I know it. I, I know it outright. Okay, so you're in the same boat I am. Gotcha. Well, let's see if Brittany can kind of sort her way through it potentially. Uh, I could not drink in the years that it was on the market and even with the limited returns i don't know if i would have looked for it um i mean when i think russian beverages only one pops to mind but it doesn't mean winter so (laughs) um (laughs) are are you familiar with the the memetically you know arguably terrible uh 90s beverage called zima oh uh yeah i well i've heard of it so, I mean, it's I never It's the crystal drank it, Pepsi but... of beer. Yeah. Yes, it oh, okay. is. And it tastes so, about as good. Okay. Yeah, Zima is the right answer. I remember one of the commercials where this really suave guy would, like, replace letters in his speech with Z, and he went up to this woman, and he said, hey, what's your sign? And she said, <laughs> stop. <laughs> <laughs> There is no part of that sentence that was any better than the last part of that sentence. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So Zima, the correct answer, your lemony, limey, clear malt beverage. We'll see if it comes back. Uh, And if it does, if it doesn't, I don't think anybody's going to really rave about it. Let's go to question three. Uh, Preceded by the Vic 20 and the Pet What is listed in the Guinness Book of World Records as the highest selling single computer model of all time? I I think I have a a straight guess on this. Uh, I I don't know if there's a hint in this wording that I'm picking up on it, but I think I have a straight up guess on what this is. I I would say hint wise, it's really simply that I said it was preceded by the VIC-20 and the PET. So okay. not your most you know, subtle thing. It's just something to help you uh, guide towards the answer. And and I will admit that seeing one of those is what kind of jogged the memory adjacent to it to, to land on where I'm at on this. Uh, hmm. I don't know if, if the rest of my cohorts uh, have a thought or a guess or want to talk it out. I'm trying to think because VIC-20 and PET don't sound like modern things at all. So if yeah, it's that's kind of what I was thinking. So I'm assuming that 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 puts us 
into uh, I don't know, like mid eighties, late eighties. Yeah. Like I don't think it's the Apple II. Right. Because that that wouldn't have been it would have been preceded by the like, Apple. <laughs> I don't like I can't think of. Maybe it has something to do with like the way that computer models change because they don't really have like models anymore. Yeah. I mean, I I would kind of think of the same thing as you with the it just sounds like older models, which I can really only think of one older model of computer off the top of my head, mm -hmm. which would be like a Commodore 64. But and I know they were popular, but I have never had one. So I I if I was on your team and you said that, mm -hmm. that's I would absolutely be like, I am OK with that guess. Right. Because I can't really think of anything else that really fits the timeline. But I don't I can't imagine. Well, let me say this. I'm not going to be surprised if that's the right answer. But I'm also very dubious that if, if you said the best selling computer of all time was the Commodore 64, I'd say that's the dumbest thing everyone has ever said. <laughs> right. So right. the fact that that feels that way to me makes me feel like you are correct. So I'm. I'm with Ginny. I think it's the Commodore 64. And and you are both with where my head went instantly. Uh, just because something about the phrase VIC-20 uh, got me into Commodore and the C64 back in the 80s was the gaming PC. Uh, it was really ubiquitous uh, before Microsoft had as much com uh, market share as it did. And of course, we were kind of in the the dead days of Apple at that point. I mean, the 2E was out. Macintosh hadn't really... Uh, taken off at that point. A lot of schools had the two E's, but everything uh, I remember going to like my local uh, electronic shop for and finding like computer games uh, had a specific version for the Commodore 64. It was kind of the NES of computers of the 80s. Uh, you all are absolutely right on all counts there. The answer is Commodore 64. Uh, Commodore made the VIC-20 and the PET before that. And the Commodore 64 was sold uh, between 1982 all the way up to 1994. Ooh, wow. I mean, we're talking, Great. yeah, we're talking like years after the Super Nintendo was released. So we're talking about, you know, high-level 16-bit graphics, and people were still purchasing the Commodore 64, and you're absolutely right. It was a great gaming computer. Uh, it, it, it was able to, you know, do pretty well except for your super mario type side scroller stuff but even now uh in the 2020s people have developed that kind of software for the 64 there's there are people still making games and software for this computer mostly oh, wow. through emulation but still you could load it on a disc and and play it on an original machine which is actually fantastic i think you know what i love about a question uh, about commodores it's easy. What's that, Jason? <laughs> <laughs> easy like Sunday morning? Uh, I'm going to leave the podcast forever now. <laughs> Question four. Well, and, yeah, as you leave, I'll, I'll continue on here. Uh, folks, no need to take a wild guess. Just name the author of The Importance of Being Earnest and The Picture of Dorian Gray. Dude, okay. you... <laughs> All right. I love it. Oh, and the Academy Award for Clues goes to. <laughs> Wait a minute. What's the Academy Award called? Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> you know it's those like... clues that are so subtle that you don't realize they're yeah. clues because you just yeah. think I'm dunking on you? Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think I think we're all in yeah. instant agreement yeah. that this is Oscar Wilde. Absolutely. Yeah. This this was actually in a category called the Oscar category that I did. So <laughs> Love, oh it. Love it. Sometimes so you just you just have to give the softball out to the people to hit. So, all right. <laughs> Jesus I, look, that that question took up one and a half seconds of our collective time, and it's my favorite question in the round so far by a lot. Um, earlier, I had mentioned how you can use your own vocal inflection or impersonations to help. So with question five, it, it might be helpful as I say this. An article on bustle.com grabs you with this headline. Quote, exactly how this movie overlaps with Jane Austen's Emma because Josh is totally Mr. Knightley. Can you name this movie? Ugh, <laughs> as if. I love this question. There is. Yeah. <laughs> even if I this knew nothing. This is the nothing... most meta thing that has ever been on this show. <laughs> yeah, even if I knew nothing about the origins of this movie, uh, as soon as you said, ugh, as if as as a as a person that is the age that I am there is one movie that jumps out when somebody says ugh as if did you did you you magnificent bastard write a question in a round of pop clues that is clueless <laughs> yes that's right <laughs> yep <laughs> <sighs> and there isn't a clue in the question i'm fucking <laughs> love this so much well done. <laughs> Why am I getting you to work for me, James? I should work for you. <laughs> uh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Just um, kidding. Give me all your money. <laughs> <laughs> Question number six. Um, I will preface by saying this is in a category that is called uh, <clears throat> movie limericks. Uh, so th the clue is in the cadence of the question. So here we go. Evidently, it seems that Grassel put stoners through a big hassle. John Cho and Cal Penn are the two main stars in... My God. All right. I have oh, confidence that... on this because I wrote a question for a middle school trivia game last week about this movie. Uh, and the, a, a parent apparently emailed uh, the coordinator of the event and said, hey, maybe next time your host shouldn't write questions about R-rated movies for 13-year-old kids. And I said, boy, this doesn't feel like the R-ratedest R-rated movie of all time, yeah. but okay, fair enough. Yeah, there's, when you think about it, it doesn't seem like it, but then you remember that there's like, you know, dueling diarrhea and all sorts of other nonsense. I'm just oh trying God. to figure out how you get hassle and Gitmo to rhyme. <laughs> I mean, I prefer the version where they go to Crystal, so <laughs> I, I haven't actually seen the movie. I don't know how big of a plot point it is, the location, so <laughs> well, it's, it's pretty much the whole thing. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah um, pretty much the whole thing. I, I think we talked long enough that the audience knows that we're talking about Herod and Kumar go to White Castle. Yes, that's right, and I'm just so I'm going to break my arm patting myself on the back that I rhymed grassle mm -hmm. with hassle with castle. Oh, that's castle. beautiful. <laughs> it is. No, excellent work. Nice creativity. Uh, actual serious question for you. Mm -hmm. um, would you feel as though you needed to accept an answer that came in of Harold and Kumar escape from Guantanamo Bay? 
Well, I would not simply because this is the movie limerick round, so it would have to follow the A A B B A rhyming. Okay, scheme. so that that would have been a yeah. canonical aspect of right. the round. Okay, cool. This yeah, this came in a category of ten of these, and this was somewhere in the middle. So if they hadn't figured out the pattern mm-hmm. by then, <laughs> right? Uh, all, all the more woe to them. Okay, and again, that was a sincere question because I, I sometimes have the kind of players who would go, well, technically, you should be able to accept yeah. this too. And I'm like, right. technically, eat my ass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> having having done a limericks round before, I agree. Like, by virtue of it being a limerick, if your answer doesn't rhyme, it doesn't fit the category. Yeah, if it, yeah, if it was the kind of thing where there was a mechanic and everybody was aware there was a mechanic, then 100% mm-hmm. I agree with you yeah. there. All right. Well, uh, let's move from White Castle to baseball with question seven. Suggestive of fiery rumors, what is the HSL when referring to baseball's offseason? I have like two thirds of this, but that third thing I'm not super confident on. Uh, Uh, Brittany, this is sports. Take it away. Oh, sure. Uh, (laughs) Well, with all my vast repositories of sports knowledge um fiery rumors makes me think that the h probably stands for hell or hellish um uh let's see i mean i could make up an acronym for hsl but that's about (laughs) all you're gonna get out of me well (laughs) I've, i've got the h and the s it's the l that i'm not super confident on jeff so i don't know what the hs stands for i mean maybe high school but that doesn't match with fiery oh i but can I would, help you with the hs it's the well, l would, yeah i was gonna say if it's it's probably like league wouldn't it be that, if I would it think was baseball like, that's, that's the, the l in baseball the h and the s i have don't fit with an l being league uh so fitting with the clue fiery um i i've i've heard of the period right after the end of baseball as being the hot stove area where all the trades and and stuff tend to happen uh, but I can't connect an L to that. Oh, that makes sense. Does that does that ring a bell to you, Jeff? Yeah, I I think I've heard the term hot stove before too, but I and I don't think it's a league. Hot stove line, hot stove limit. Hot. Like I'm this, I'm convinced it's uh, hot stove. There's a ska band yeah. from Chicago called Hot Stove Jimmy that's really good. Okay, so L is for Jimmy. Got yeah, it. L is for Jimmy. Hot stove Jimmy. Final wrong. answer. <laughs> hot stove hot stove limmy I mean, it's, I, their, it's the cover band hot stove Lenny. I, I guess in the absence of anything else l for league and maybe i'm just misremembering a thing but i'm, I'm pretty sure the h and the s is hot stove so like lineup or something like that no i don't think oh it that's is. not uh, no it's because it's specifically like all the all the movement that's happening in the off season between players and the minors and the majors and trades that's and, not a bad guess though lateral no I think it's a noun. I just, I, I say we go with like hot stove league and and pray that James smiles down upon us. Uh, well, you should have stuck with hot stove league because that's the answer. What? Correct. Really? Yeah. Okay. It it happened because uh, during the winter people would gather around uh, at the general store or the post office and they would sit around the pot-bellied stove discussing the past year. So it was called the Hot Stove League. Oh, okay. So the, the hot stove when it comes to all the trades and everything is inspired by that, which is inspired mm-hmm. by the offseason. Oh, there was an intermediate okay. step. Okay. 
Yeah, so I'm glad that you landed on the correct answer. So I, I just well really done. thought it was because the players couldn't sit still, like they were on a hot stove. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not oh, even trying man. to be like a smartass here. That's honestly, for my entire <laughs> yeah. life, what I thought when I thought hot stove. Well, quite all right. Um, so uh, if you're ready, question eight. Um, I mean, we're on a roll now. From 1871 to 1918, what was the title given to the head of state of the German Reich? Oh, I love and hate you so much for this. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, this is like a yep. Jeremy-level clue. <laughs> Where you get it, and it's fair, and technically it works, but groan. <laughs> this but is I the dad it. joke of trivia. <laughs> yeah, I, I've got this dead to rights, and I imagine everybody yeah, does. I do, too. All right, Brittany, do you want to take the thunder on it, then? Uh, sure. Uh, Kaiser. I believe the last Kaiser. one was Kaiser Wilhelm. Yeah, as in a, a Kaiser role, that's absolutely right. Simple as that. Uh, yeah, sometimes the, the clues can be pretty obvious, you know, so uh, that, that makes it fun, though. So you all groan a little bit. It's a, it's mm -hmm. a shared joke. Yeah, you know, like if you, you, if you change it... it to be about Rome, you could put a little clue in there. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Unrelated actually, no one pizza just arrived. So, oh I said <laughs> I said if this were about Roman leaders instead of German leaders, then you could have put a little clue in there. <laughs> All right. Two uh, questions like to go before it, my yeah. little Caesars, uh, which I think just arrived, gets cold. Yeah. Let's go to question nine here. Uh Lounge Lizard, Tommy Velour, and R and B singer. Purvis Hawkins were characters portrayed by this female comedian, and that's the truth. Oh my God! I'm having a name blindness moment. Oh, I I, I know exactly who this is. I can picture. I can tell everything. you who it is. Oh, I got it. Not now. From, yeah, yeah, yeah not it. from the first two clues, but from the end. Yep. I think I'm actually more mad that I don't remember the character from which the line and that's the truth uh, comes from his name is, but I'm picturing think, everything about it. Think of a really big rocking chair. Oh, no, I'm picturing everything. Oh, I can't remember oh, okay. that character's name, but it finally got the, the comic's name, at least. Okay. So, uh, Brittany, any thoughts on this one before Jeff and or I spoil it? Uh, I, It's like all kind of ringing bells for me, but I'm not landing on a name. Are are the bells going one ringy dingy, two ringy dingy? <laughs> so many iconic characters that she played. Uh, yeah, I'm just I'm I'm blanking, so I'm tapping out. So. I'm I'm trying to marshal a, a pun for this, and I can't get there. Oh my god! There it is. I'm like, somebody <laughs> please get it. It's terrible. Somebody please get it. Uh, Jeff, you want me to take this one? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I, was was the character in the rocking chair, was her name Sally Ann portrayed by Lily I Tomlin? It was, I thought it was Edith. Edith Ann. Edith okay. Ann. But yeah, portrayed by Lily Tomlin. Yeah, uh, I did pick the uh, a couple of characters that maybe weren't as uh, well known, plus the fact that both of those characters were male and she mm. was a, a female comedian, I thought was just a little bit on the interesting side there. Now, if you um, wanted to I, be a dick... Like I would be, I would just say female. I would just say comic instead of female comedian. Uh, take take any uh, gender identifiers out there and lean on the fact that you mentioned two male male characters and let mm -hmm. let people's biases about gendered language take them the wrong way. Yeah, I at least at the show that I asked this, it was people who they they were um, 
well, they were your elders, let's say. Ah, so okay. I didn't want to really upset a bunch of people. You know, oh, yeah, way. by all means, you know, play to your audience and, and the way <laughs> that you want that show to go. Oh, yeah. I'm just a dick. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I've got one more. The clue in this is... Uh, Really, it's part of the factoid of it, so uh, we'll just get right to it. It says, the first episode of Robert Van Winkle's series on the DIY network was entitled Nice, Nice Landscaping. <laughs> By what stage name is this handyman slash rapper known? Oh my God. All right, stop with the, the laughing. And, and listen no, as no, we no, collaborate no. on Do you want to collaborate on this? I have performed on the same stage as this rapper. Not at the same time. Uh, and <laughs> far more frequently. Uh, but a, a local sports bar and music venue in the Chicago suburbs has booked this rapper on at least two occasions. They have technically booked me on about 300 Occasions, so I am 150 times cooler than Vanilla Ice. <laughs> I am the absolute zero of rappers. <laughs> yeah, if if anybody wants, uh. if anybody wants to uh, punish themselves, uh, feel free to listen to his 1990 something album, Hard to Swallow. <laughs> Because it's when he stopped being a, a regular bad rapper and became a, re a regular bad new metal rapper. I was going to say, he went metal, didn't he? Yeah. I mean, it's it's not great, but it's not the worst thing he's done. I don't think <laughs> you have to qualify the phrase, it's not great with that inflection. Like, it's not great. You don't say, it's yeah. not great. Yeah. yeah. No, we, we get it. But, uh, you haven't but taken yeah. us out of uh, a field here capsule. with a hot take. I can't remember what because it was because he redid Ice Ice Baby, but he called it something different. And it's the same song, but angry. <laughs> I don't remember what it's called. Oh, it doesn't matter. None of this matters. But yeah, all the points are made up. I don't I'm not even sure I hit the record. Ice Ice Baby, bitch. <laughs> that is, in fact, the same song, but much angrier. <laughs> Oh my gosh, so I guess I, that's our homework for tonight, is to go listen to that, make it into a question for all of our There our you go, listeners, send us your, your best slash worst uh, Ice Ice Baby slash Vanilla Ice slash Robert Van Winkle question. Um, I think we've covered just so little of the broad landscape that is the stuff that's about to come into our inbox. Uh, and and Jeff, where would they send that stuff? Because we're crazy and we'll actually read it. Uh, yeah, if you want to get a hold of us outside of the show, you could send us an email to quadriviapod at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at quadriviapod, or you can visit us at quadriviapodcast.com. Or we also have our own Patreon now. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's patreon.com slash quadrivia something. Uh, but yes, you can go <laughs> support the show there uh, by visiting our Patreon page, which I don't know the name of. And you should because you're one of the patrons. <laughs> I am. That's right. I, if I'm, I might be wrong, but I think I was the very first. Well, Corey, it's, it's Corey a coin said flip it's live. right now. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, Corey said it's live. And then I said, have my $3, please. <laughs> he doesn't even Patreon at a, at a higher level. I love it. Um, 
All right, James, where could people find you if they wanted to send you uh, love letters about those puns and clues and hints? Well, uh, like I say, I'm the Trivia Nerd, so you can find me at thetrivianerd at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at thetrivianerd. You can also find my website, thetrivianerd.com. Oh, and I figured it. there was more of the way that you inflicted <laughs> that at the end. <laughs> I think all three of us are like, and? And? <laughs> What's the slash? <laughs> Brittany, if people want a cozy quiz in their lives, where would they go? Uh, they can go to twitch.tv slash Ginny Pond. G-I-N-N-Y-P-O-N-D. So. And more importantly, basically... when yeah. would they go? That's a good question. Uh, I think by the time this comes out, probably Fridays at 9.15 Central Time or 9 p.m. Central Time, whatever we decided there. Right after Phil's game, basically. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, if people want to find me, God help them, but they can at uh, twitch.tv slash liquid underscore courage. Uh, that's underscore with an underscore courage with a K. Uh, pretty much the same way to find me on Facebook for everything new and exciting in the Liquid Courage world. And uh, whatever that third thing I was going to say is, and I don't remember now. Uh, Jeff, how about you? Uh, you can find me at most of the places just by searching RMT Trivia. Uh, I stream on Wednesday nights as part of a block of uh, fun dudes, including Jason, um, at twitch.com slash RMT Trivia. Uh, and I took the time to correct my previous mistake. Uh, you can help support the podcast by donating your USD dollars uh, at <laughs> patreon.com slash quadrivia. That's it. That's Nothing right. extra. That's you it. heard Jeff. Give us the USD. <laughs> <laughs> Where do we go? Luke is sitting in a box with one of the dog's balls and he won't give it to him. So the dog is barking at it because the box. I was wondering if you got the puppy neutered yet. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) No, but he's, that's going to happen. It's either going to happen like immediately or we're not because the stud fee for a dog with his coloration is going to be really high, but also he's already humping everything. So it's kind of like, we don't know if we want that to continue. (laughs) So. There's some information for the end of the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff's dog fucks.